Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist, a confidence boost before your interview, or a last-minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello, I'm Craig Parkinson and this is the Two Shot Podcast. Pop the kettle on and let's dive in. How the devil are you? Yes, it is Thursday. Of course it is. I mean, you've got up, you've opened the blinds, you've thrashed open the curtains in excitement because it's not Wednesday, it's Thursday. It's nearly the weekend, but also it's the Two Shot Podcast with a brand new gorgeous episode. Um, and it's a welcome return to Mr. Martin Comston. I can't, you know, I'm not going to say it. I teased it a little bit on social media. There was no point. Um, I've been uh, dying to get Martin back on. There was loads much more we had to talk to, as ever. You know, yes, of course, he's one of my best pals in the world. But um, when do we have time these days to sit down and have an hour or so just gabbing and... Getting to know what's going on with him, what he's been up to. I'll tell you what he's been up to. He started a new podcast. He has started a new podcast. It's called Restless Natives. It's with his good friend and... uh, (laughs) I'm not going to say my good friend. Um, My acquaintance, Mr. Gordon Smart, who I do, I adore. I adore them both. Um... It's called Restless Night. What is the podcast about? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know what I want it to be about. Um, they talk about the ramifications of starting uh, or building, building a festival up in Greenock at Battery Park. Um but there's loads more. There's anecdotes, there's stories. Alcohol is usually involved, not when they're recording, I don't think. But, you know, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, it's a lot of fun. It's out every week. Restless Natives, Martin Comston, Gordon Smart, the clown and the wolfman. Yeah, look, if you're not a child of a certain area, you won't understand what that means. But... Tune in from episode one and Gordon will take you through it. Um, Hard recommend that I'm not just saying that because they're my friends. It's very, very funny, extremely entertaining, and they've both got delicious voices, Um, which always helps, doesn't it? I think so. 
And it's recorded super pro. It sounds delicious. Get involved, restless natives. Um, also, it's lovely to catch up with Martin. Um, Mrs. Comston popped on the line for a time. Big shout out to Tiana. Um, I was down here in Brighton. Martin and Tiana were at home in Las Vegas. And instead of uh, doing what we normally would do if we were together, which would go out, have some food, have some drinks, and get up to whatever, we stayed in on a Friday night and did this. This is the Two Shot Podcast. It's part two with the most stylish man in Scotland, Mr. Martin Comston. Record that, but I'm also going to record on my on my mics as well because it's so much nicer. That's a bit of kit you've got. I like that, Mike. Look, now you're a professional podcaster, my friend. <laughs> now, <laughs> now for everybody that didn't read the blurb and heard the gorgeous laugh there, it's always a pleasure when we have a two-parter with somebody, but it's even more a pleasure when it's one of my closest friends in the entire world and the only way that we can... <laughs> connect is by recording a podcast ladies and gentlemen please give it up for mr martin comster how you doing you big cracker i'm absolutely belting but there's one thing um that even though we're we have a difference in age obviously Mm -hmm. even though we look you look as yeah. old as you look as old as me, and that's okay. You, 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 you've lived <laughs> life, life well lived. But this year, we both adopted one thing, and it's and it's these. You got the specs on, mate. I had We're, mine right beside me, ready to go. Yeah, when they get tired. So, because this is not a video, this is a, a podcast. Uh, myself and Martin both have our glasses on right now, and I know. It was a big thing. It was a big thing for me. I don't know how you felt. I could have sussed you'd have, you'd have went with a bit of the old uh, Eric Morecambe ones. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have never just went for a normal pair of glasses, would you? Or even oh. kind of cool ones. You had to go for ones that go, I'm just a bit different from all of you pricks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, well, we went glasses shopping. Um, uh, me and my girlfriend, yeah. and uh, as you know, Martin, she is uh, very stylish, knows yes. exactly what is what. And also, when you've never had glasses before, and I'm 46, mm. I've never had a problem, but it got to the point where I couldn't read a script. And if yeah. I can't, if we can't read a script, yeah, then we're pretty much fucked and i was a bit embarrassed about it because i just i was a bit no i'm okay i can i can deal I with it i think what got me with scripts was i was finding i didn't have energy a lot of time but like and it was my eyes i was like i'm getting tired is this script boring me or is it, it's not i was i couldn't read subtitles on films anymore the re the reason i kind of went for it was it was twofold um I went with Gordon for a lot who was going for an eye test and I just happened to be here and I kind of knew in the back of my head something was going. So I went, obviously failed that, but also I just had a job called Mayflies and they had to age me up a bit to kind of look about your age, darling. Um, <laughs> and uh, a couple of things. And I've never liked glasses for some, for I mean, it's just something in my head. I don't like wigs. I don't kind of like 
maybe it's a, a self-conscious thing, but I don't like gimmicks, as it were. And I feel like sometimes when I wore glasses because I didn't need them, I always, if I, I think I wore them once and I was like, I, I feel like I'm, this looks like I'm trying too hard. Or, and so, then, or so so something to, that's going to take the audience out of it and go, hundred oh, percent. That's that looks like a bit of a prop there. Prop, uh, exactly. And then, so having to age up, it was a kind of a bonus in that. I went, you know what? Let's let's go and try on some glasses. I'll I'll get my prescription that I got from my eye test, and I went to a shop and then just tried on and then just tried stuff on with the character pieces, and uh, I was playing basically. Uh, Based on uh, Andrew O'Hagan, a, a brilliant and, and, and kind of famous author, I was on his yeah. book, and it's kind of semi autobiographical. Playing Andrew, and it just kind of um, it just kind of fitted, you know. And I just felt as if it, it did bring me up a bit in some way because I felt like I've kind of hit my middle age, and so I. But I, it's weird now, mate. It's like I, I feel like I'm watching the world in three D now. Like I went to watch a football game. And my my season ticket at Celtic is in, in the top tier, and it was a different game. I was like, I can actually see what's going on. I didn't realise how blurred everything was beforehand because it's all you know. It was until I put them on, I went, wow. But that's you know, me and you are two people that have never. I'm right in saying that you've never worn glasses before. No, no, no never had yeah, me neither. No. But me, uh, you know, me and my girlfriend were out, and I was doing. I was looking at the menu and pushing it away from me to try and get yep. some focus. And she was the one that noticed first. And I was like, yeah. and then when I first got the glasses, it was a bit emotional because I went, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I can start reading books again. I can yeah. read the menu. I can do my job. I can read a script. But now it's like, oh God. That was only they do my that. nothing though. They do do my nothing. In what way? You look good in them. I, I I I lose things quite a lot. I I'm, I'm pretty bad for for thingies, and and I lose them all the time. And I just spend now. I'm probably like a little middle aged man, just wandering about going, "Where's my glasses?" All the time. Um. So it's got to the point, which isn't great. I've stopped wearing them a, a, quite a bit because I can't find them most of the time. Um. But no, they they definitely make a, a big difference. And I I I leave a pair in the car all the times for driving. Good, good. That's a yeah. good thing. You know, we're not daft like. <laughs> when I went for the when we went for the fitting, I was like, "Oh, I so maybe I like these these ones can work, these ones can work, these ones can work." And then so by the end of it, I had all these in my prescription. I was like, well, "What are you going to do with them now?" You know what I mean? They're in my prescription, and maybe he should have some sunglasses, which I was never going to wear on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, you've got prescription sunglasses. I was like, "This no. is good." So I've got like five or six pairs floating about. Yeah, I think it's good to have backups in it. You know, well, we'll give you a warning. They were a nightmare on the shoot. In in what way? Reflections, things, I, I, anything. I did not realise the amount of times like light would come off them. I into this kind of green glare now and again, flaring all the time. And it got to the point I was just, when the rushes would come back, we were noticing it. I was just like, you know what? I was making excuses and, and taking them off quite a lot. I'd, I'd, I'd need to find like a, a specialised pair because I did start thinking about, it was taking you out of things at sometimes because I was like, I need to get, how am I going to get these glasses off in this scene without making it seem like I'm getting these glasses off? Yeah, I mean, well, luckily, you know, for me, it's like I'm, it's just purely for reading. Mm-hmm. But I can, I can sense already that they, they are getting weaker. 
yeah. the eyes because yeah. I'm just I put on my girlfriend's and she's much stronger than me with her reading. I'm going, oh, oh I said no. <laughs> <laughs> it is, man. It's like it's like we've we've opened you we've opened have up. clarity. Yeah, I know, which is what we all need. Yeah. Um, Martin, there's loads apart from being selfish that I want to see my friend on yeah. a you know, there was a time on a Friday night when we would meet up and go out and go eating and go drinking and dancing mm-hmm. and seeing people. And now the only way I can see you is to organise a podcast on a Friday night. <laughs> oh, no, there was that wee time as well. We'd kind of make a, a, a Friday night of just having a FaceTime and a, and a catch-up. But, yeah. you know what I mean, mate? Like, I mean, I'm so proud and so happy for you. You are non-stop at the minute. I mean, you're all over the gaff, just job to job. And, yeah, life's been pretty busy for me as well. But, you know... um. Whenever you need me, I'll be there. I well, that's why I know you've always been there. But um, <laughs> for the for the listeners, they they want to know how are you on, how have you been? So how how are things? Yeah, good, mate. Um, I've just got back to to Vegas. I've, I've been at home in Greenock most of the year. Uh, I was filming. Uh, I was doing a travel documentary around Scotland, which I absolutely love doing. And then uh, I was filming over there uh, on Mayflies. And then I was out to Bangladesh with UNICEF. Um, so I got I got back here, and it might sound bizarre to people who, who when they think of Vegas, but the pace of life here is just so much slower for me. It's so quieter. I really do love I love the anonymity. Um, I can just I just feel so more much more relaxed. Don't get me wrong, you know me. I I love a bit of chaos. Mm. I love being in amongst it. So I I do love it when I'm home. Does that buzz of getting out when something's on and people are people have always been great to me. But I, I can I mean I I think it's a general thing for people who are in the public eye. I, I can get a bit overwhelming. You know, um, I can, I can actually get quite self conscious with it, especially mm. when I'm out with my family. You know, you're kind of just worried about who's videoing what and who's taping that. But over here, I don't. You don't worry about any of that kind of thing, you know. I can do, do the school run and everything. You're just, I'm just my wee boy's dad. I'm, I'm not an actor, sort of thing. And yeah, that's great. I can just sort of switch off here, sort of be normal. But don't get me wrong. Before long, I'll be craving getting back to the madness. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. You want one when you've got the other. Um, but yeah, just um, it's just really nice to be at home for a wee bit because I've got a mad bit of time coming up. I've got a couple of shows coming out. Um in the coming months and so just uh, the usual kind of press blitz is going to be a bit full on and and that's always you always get a bit of trepidation with that because you know you're always it you say is just all over the papers now and then you're in news and that always just makes just makes me nervous to an extent um maybe it's a guilty conscious of the stuff i don't know um you do sort of have to be careful especially when shows are coming out you know there's recently been an english comedian who is stateside who caused a bit of a ruckus in a restaurant yeah i don't mean to say and you know he's got yeah. another show that he's promoting out here now and it's yeah. like oh well the timing couldn't have been any worse yeah. but there's like, probably but that to me that time is not coincidence you know um and it's it's because people there's sort of when things come out there's there's a lot most people rooting for you but there's always people gunning for you you know there's, there's, always, the side of it, yeah. there's always the gunners you know yeah so, but I'm excited. Like I'm, I'm, I haven't fully seen them, but I'm, I'm really excited about the shows. And yeah, we'll just we'll see how we go. The, but again, I'm kind of getting used to that a bit with the, with the podcast. I'm in your world. I'm not quite at your level yet. <laughs> well, no, that, I, I want to come on to when we spoke about yeah. chaos before, and it's one thing that I look because 
obviously I love you very much yeah. and I and I adore Gordon. Yeah. And Restless Natives is it's a joy to listen to. <laughs> and Thank you get and you you don't and I mean this in in the accent term, not in the other term, but you do go full constant in the accent. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't know. I didn't know this was a term my friends called me. And it's uh, something what? something behind everybody going, oh, yeah, he was full constant last night. I only found that out. Um, but it kind of gives me, because I want to make it as natural as possible. And it's just having a laugh here, mate, and talking but about it. But it stuff. is. It, 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 it so is natural. But with that becomes these unfortunately comes the clickbait headlines and that again makes me nervous like we've got one coming out with warren um our friend our friend our mutual friend warren brown which mm. was a joy but we'd all had a few the night before and i i had had a couple of scoops on the way just to level me up and it is a hilarious podcast but i'm like 80 percent constant for sure yeah and um and I was like, man, that's the good thing about having the producer because I was like, the swear count. I was like, I was rivaling Scarface, man. I was like, can we cut some of them out? But I, I again, it's funny, but the problem is because it was like one story we we're telling on, it's just like past things. And it was like, Gordon was asking me about what kind of welcome to fame and what, or what was that kind of moment. There was a moment like 20 years ago, and it was a kind of funny story about this poor young lassie who's somebody who was duping her into thinking I was texting her and then her and her boyfriend kind of confronted me and then it got really awkward when they realised it, it was somebody who was winding them up and they didn't know it would be angry. And it was quite a funny story on the podcast, but that headline becomes Martin Compson accused of a fair. And it's like, it, then you kind of go and, and then you read the article and the article is just what happened, but it just, it's the headlines. And I don't actually think they realise what they do with these headlines because... I mean, you've dealt with this, uh, and they're getting more and more sophisticated as these fake accounts online. Mm. Um, and I get quite a lot. I mean, there's, there's a couple every week. And yeah. there was one particular one where a, a few um, female followers and or fans had, had reached out to me and said, look, this this account, and it's quite creepy, and somebody had been messaging them. And I went on mine and I said, look, this is a fake account. Um, I only have this one account. Please don't engage with anybody other than this account. And I think the headline the next day was Martin Compson forced to deny messaging women. And you're like, now the problem with that is I no longer now will go on my thing and say a fake account. It's not worth me going out yeah. and telling people. And no. it's, but I don't think they realize that's kind. So somebody might fall for one of these. And I maybe I should rise above it and say it, but it's, if I say that, I'm just worried about another headline. You know, and it's, I don't think they quite realise what they're doing when they do these these sort of things. No, but I think the, it's the only thing that you kind of can do. But if you're doing it a few times a week, it's like, mm. I don't really have the time to sort no, of I know. Keep, I know. Yeah, no. keep doing this. No. But there's a lot of fucking idiots out there, full stop, as we all know. But there's also yeah. incredible people, incredible people that are listening to new podcasts and I've been pointing people to rest of <laughs> Thank you, mate. Now I mean it's it's, it's becoming it's, it's becoming it, a fire fest of this festival idea. Well, <laughs> well the thing is one thing I do wanna touch on is is this is the arc of the podcast is the possibility of this festival. Which by the way I'm all in for. Yeah. However, have you and <laughs> legendary journalist and broadcaster Gordon Smart seen 
the Woodstock 99 documentary on Netflix. Yeah, but I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God! I bet he's kind of hoping for that. Is that weird? It's so... You, do you know, do you know the... Um, I can see, like, me being, like, Lord of the Flies and Greenock, you know what I mean? Belches just running about on the stage, causing an uprising. Do you know the uh, the accolade of most stylish man in Scotland that, yeah. you, you know, we, we, we still talk about to this day, all of us, all of us friends, that yeah. will be, you will be, uh, you'll be dethroned. <laughs> no, you've never taken that. That award will be buried with me. Uh, you know, mate, so basically, me and Gordon had a couple of different ideas that we'd been thrown about for a long time, and and we'd said it's it's usually bar chat that should be left at the bar. But we've been talking about this stuff for a, for a long, long time. We said maybe oh. we should do about it. So um, I've done a few uh, gigs for my local hospice uh, are going. Some of the patron of which have went really well. Um, and you did something for that was for the line of duty. The line of duty but, yeah. example did a gig for us. The view did a gig for us. Frankie Boyle did a gig for us. So I've just wanted to kind of go. What's the next level? And also, I mean, I'm very proud of being from Greenock, and I, and I kind of want to put that on the map and bring stuff to Greenock because with line of duty as well, we could have sold it out a lot more going elsewhere. But the point for me was the hospice is part of our community, and I want to keep it in the community. So the festival was part of that. And also we've been talking a long time for, for of making a whiskey. Um, and we said, look, and we love this. Whole, if anybody's seen the, 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 the film Restless Natives, you know, it's about two sort of chancers going out and just trying to have a go. It's such, it's, a, it's such a brilliant film. It's a I, great I, film. I, I remember seeing it and it's so long ago. I saw it on VHS. <laughs> it, would, it would be that time. I mean, it was the yeah. 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um and we were kind of thinking, it's that sort of the spit of that this kind of resourceful rascals. You know, can we get up to a bit of mischief and do a bit of good at the same time? And we thought, right, let's go for it. So we started kind of saying these outlandish things. But and the idea was, if you build it, they will come. But we're building it, and nobody's coming so far. <laughs> um, but again, because when you get into the the intricacies, intric- sorry, of these things, um. We go, well, between us, we know our, our black books of, of singers and bands. And you go, yeah, man, that's a great idea, but I've got an exclusivity contract. Like, I can't go this. I can't do this because they've got to sell out a venue that holds 30,000 before they do anything else and trying to get them all. And then we got these figures in and it's just, it's wild. So, look, 100% we're going to do something and I'm going to make it good. It's just what scale it's on. But every time... You know me, every time somebody tells me no or gives me an all back, it just makes me more determined. <laughs> yeah, very much. Yeah, 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 yeah. of course. Uh, but the amount of times Gordon's dropped Noel Gallagher's name, surely he's got Noel Gallagher. Again, that's one where we thought maybe, but I don't I don't think he's 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 built up the courage to ask yet. We've both roundabout asked a couple of brilliant acts and they've kind of roundabout. The, the key to it is is getting to them and, and avoiding their agents. Um, because quite <laughs> rightly, the money these these acts are on is eye watering, oh, but I mean that's astronomical. how. But that's how they make their money now is touring, you know. So I understand that they don't think so. I uh, completely and as well, they, they a lot of them you think because you think you get you think we'll get them on stage, but you've got to fly their band, you've got to fly their sounds, their techs. So a lot involved. Um, but I just think every time I've done one in the past, I remember there was one particular one because we were filming Line of Duty at the time. Um. I don't know if it was three or four, 
I think it might have been four because we it was right at Christmas. But I think we wrapped on the twenty second, and I had series four when it all went series four. I think that's people. I think that's when we moved to BBC One, and the figures went right up. No, I think it all went to shit after that. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember going. And I had the gig on the 23rd and trying to learn the lines. We were double banking, trying to get the show finished and trying to organise this gig at the same time. I was like, what are you doing, man? You're driving yourself mental. And then you get to the gig and you see everybody there smiling and you've raised a few quid and you're like, yeah, man, I want to do this again. Because you, you forget the madness and the run-up all the time. And then you only remember the good bits. Because um, I, the brilliant... the I don't even know if I'll, I'll repeat some of the jokes, but the brilliant Frankie Boyle um, did a gig for us and I literally have, I've still never met Frankie I, I just text him over I DM'd him and I said look and he went yeah no problem he says where is it when is it and that's the most money we've ever made because it was wow. just we sold out and it's just him and his mic and all he asked for because we, we've got we, we 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 always fund it well we've got like expenses whatever need and he, all he asked for was pay the support acts properly Um I'll get a, a lift down with one of them. Don't worry about a car. I make a donation to the Great Britain's Blind Women's Women's Deaf Football Team. And you're just like, what a guy, man. But I was in LA at the time while this gig was on, so I wasn't even there. And I was just, the people text me going, oh my God, the joke is just told. Oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like, <laughs> oh no, oh no. And they were, Frankie being like, Frankie doesn't care. Um, he's so fucking funny he's so clever mm. Um, but I think when people see the jokes it's sort of what gets lost in that is he raised us a, a massive amount of money for and took absolutely nothing off us and I'll be forever grateful for him for that look when Frankie Boyle tells a joke I mean you've got to, I remember seeing his last BBC special that came out and <laughs> I was so shocked but it was Fucking hilarious. Funny. It funny. was so funny. That's what his genius is, is because he gets his point across. But I think too many, too many, like I'm I'm no comedian stuff, but I think when you're getting that point across, it's also got to be funny. That's the main thing. I think sometimes can get lost and whatever. If you're, and I, I think that in films as well, sometimes if you're trying to get a point across, it's also got to be entertaining or you lose people. If you're just banging them over the head with this message, they can read about that. You've got to do it in a very clever way. And that's what Frankie does. It's interesting because I've been talking, because you know on, on this podcast, I speak to like varied people from the creative industries. And every now and then I do try and get stand-up comedians on because I'm fascinated with mm. comedy and about what makes them tick and it's so exposing mm-hmm. to go up there on your own mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten sometimes they don't even have a director to go mm. actually you know they're just they're just playing yeah. the, the the certain gigs and doing the warm-ups and the work in progress like our friend tom davis next year he's going yeah. out on a massive tour doing yeah. work in progress before he's honed his show yeah. And it's such it's brave. Such, it's such a, well, it's brave, but it's such a craft that yeah, yeah. We, you know, me and you don't know yeah. about, but I know that we're fascinated yeah. about and we adore. So when I did the uh, the the Scottish documentary, where we did an episode on performance and we take all that in, and we spoke to our again our, our pal Greg McHugh, mm. um, to, but again, what was that like stand up? And there were all, there was kind of little different challenges, kind of. Uh, ebbed into the into the show, and I knew like I think one of them was to either like 
go to a comic show like this was in the original sort of planning and me introduce him and do a bit and I said look I will do anything I'll jump off cliffs I end up climbing world turbines I am did. not <laughs> going on a stage and telling a joke I am not doing it I was like I, I it's terrifying putting yourself out there like that I don't know how they do it it's 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 masterful you say it is a proper mm. craft but it genuinely gives me the fear as you say it'd be so exposing can you imagine going up there to tell a joke and nobody laughing and then going oh shit I've got to get through the rest of this there would be nothing worse no but you've got an hour yeah you know you know when you've got it you build up and you do your your type 10 mm-hmm. and your yeah. 20 and then you you know if you're lucky you do a live at the Apollo yeah. Which which yeah. gets cut down and edited. Mm-hmm. And then you take the show on tour and you've got an hour. But hey, if you do it well. I mean, kudos to them. Yeah. Because when it's done well, such as the yeah. aforementioned Frankie Boyle. Uh, and the brilliant, I mean, Kevin Bridges is, I think he's just done 15 oh. sold out of the Hydro. I mean, that's unbelievable. Bands couldn't do that. Consecutive. It's just Consecutive done. nights. 15 nights oh, I mean that's I think that's like 15,000 or something a night I mean it's something yeah. else especially bands, after, the biggest bands in the world probably can do that it's, it's insane no I mean do you remember a few years ago Kate, I think Kate Bush did a week or two weeks at the Hammersmith Apollo maybe longer maybe oh, she did right. 10 nights I don't know but how many times like, did you go I, I wish <laughs> I wish I, I would. I would have loved to have seen Kate Bush because yeah. it's a big, almost yeah. sort of theatrical event as well. It was somewhere yeah. else. Um, but let's just stick the acting aside now, and the fact that me and you are never going to be stand-up comedians. <laughs> um, how how are you finding the podcasting? Because because obviously I, you're there. You're there with you're there with a close mate. So. Yeah. That's good because what you can hear, and mm-hmm. even though when I wrote that email into <laughs> into the podcast, <laughs> Which obviously, obviously, but obviously you two, your you two are mates, and you knew I was kind of joking, yeah. and the tone yeah. was oh, very kind different. of joking. You weren't fully yeah. joking, <laughs> <laughs> kind of joking. Yeah, you but, just reminded us you were the podcast of the year. But um, <laughs> the fact that you two really bounce off each other, yeah. and it is so natural. And yeah. it's effortless. That's very nice yeah. and pleasing for us as an audience. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to think of people who don't know you yeah. and don't have a personal connection. It, it really works. Ah, thank you, mate. I, I definitely find, like, we've done our first one remotely, which is, again, hope, hopefully helping you yesterday because I've got the mic and I've got the laptop now. And now definitely technology's improved, whereas before when I remember during COVID when we were doing interviews of podcasts, it was stuttering, kind of, and you're missing. This feels a lot more natural conversation. Mm-hmm. It's definitely better in the room. But also, I mean, the last time we did, the the potential danger with that is when we did the last one of me and you, I think episode 100, mm-hmm. we cracked open a bottle of wine. We Because we're just excited. And it's the same. But again, like, I think me and Gordon, we just get a bit giddy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you're, you're getting to have a laugh with your mate. But I do love being in the studio with it. I think that feels a lot more... It just feels more like a podcast, you know what I mean? It feels a bit more professional. I do, I really panic at the start of every one going, what the fuck are we going to talk about for an hour? Like, who's going to be interested? Um, and then every one I walk away from it going, oh, that was really good. But I definitely, the, the, 
it's there's the content gets to me a bit where I think guests is really important. I think that I couldn't do what you do. I think that's great that there's the two of us. And Gordon, obviously being a professional broadcaster, keeps it ticking along. He can keeps me in check, and then I just come in with the odd rant. Um, but yeah, mate, I'm really enjoying. And also, it kind of started. So you know more than anybody like with this job. Like, cause I remember I was about two years ago. You were saying to me, "I'm just having a bit of a rough time." And then in the next few years, you've just went job to job to job to job. I last year, which was kind of a bit of my cell phone making. I did four jobs on on the end. And I don't know if I actually talked to you about this, um, but I was really burnt out. And in my head, I was in a bit of a dark place by the end of it. Um, I was just, I'd done three back to back. And then with like a month to go on the last one, the offer for Our House came in. Um, and I read it. I loved the script, loved Tuppence Middleton. And I went, yeah, I've got to do this. But I was kind of, like, I was knackered. I really was knackered. And I were, you, missed, like, were you were you knackered because of the travelling from place to place? No, it was just I just kind of went because of I was going job to job to job. I was like no time off. It was like every day new thing, and also Line of Duty had just came out that summer, I think, mm. and that so that took us to a kind of different level of fame or whatever you want to call that, which I'd never experienced before. Well, it um, just it just became. You know, because at that time I was hosted the BBC podcast, and yeah. I, I've never had such um, oh, fuck, what do you call it? Yeah, yeah. It was just an influx of it was constant in my yeah. inbox, and my social media was going off. And obviously, I was seeing episodes prior to everybody else, so I had to keep. Keep storm. Keep storm, but also slightly impartial. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. But I had which to is have hard, a, which is which difficult. Is I know, really which hard, is really difficult. Yeah, well, especially when you've been uh, part the, of it. Uh, well, at the birth of something. So yeah, like, yeah, of course. Yeah, you feel. I mean, you feel proud of it. You and protective of it. Uh, completely. Yeah, and I just, I, I wasn't used to that. Added into having a young family, which is the most important thing, and trying mm-hmm. to kind of be there. Um, so, and then, but at least they were with me. And then when I went to go do our house and the character is just in this sort of downward spiral, yeah. um, dark, dark, which ends in suicide. And then, so I was snackered away from the family in a hotel by myself, but then you get that sort of, it's a mac, 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 a kiss, mac, mac, <laughs> the words away from me there. Um, that weird actor thing of you start to enjoy it in some ways because you're like, masochistic. I'm really feeling this masochistic. Sorry. Um, I'm really getting, I'm feeling this because I'm, and then, but I really, by the end of it, I was like, I, I sort of had enough. And I'd said to the agents and stuff, I said, look, and I'd get to Christmas, I said, look, guys, I just need a couple of months off. Um, Like, I need to be at home. I said, I've got four of these coming out, and I had four jobs lined up th- for the following year. And then you got a call going, oh, by the way, that job's disappeared. And I went, oh, okay, I've got, I've got another three. Oh, that job's moved, that job's moved. And then all of a sudden, those two months, turns into four months, turns into six months, eight months. And you're like, shit, I've not had a job for going on nearly a year. And you feel a bit sort of helpless, you know, um, and the podcast really helped with that because it sort of felt like I was being proactive and I was doing stuff. And I was like, so when I was 
talking to Gordon about all these different things I wanted to do, we're like, right, let's just go on with it because I've got time now. And then it was a kind of, you know what it's like, it's a good sort of kick up the arse to the agents and stuff. Because also I really understand their point of view going, look, because I've always tried to keep myself kind of private as an actor in terms of like the family life stuff. But, all, but obviously if you're doing a podcast, you're kind of doing the opposite of that. And they're saying, look, maybe you kind of want to keep the kind of the mystique a bit. And I said, well, look, I've not had a job. And I want to do something. And this feels like I'm taking a bit of control of my career because look, we're, all it's done is cost me money so far, which I've loved and traveled and stuff. But, you know, somewhere down the line, you know, I think we're what we're trying to do with Restless Natives is not just a podcast is building the brand. That's what excited me about it. As you said, there's a there's a curve to this. The podcast is one great element to it, but hopefully it becomes that festival for the hospice and then it hopefully becomes a whiskey and then hopefully it becomes productions. And so it's a, a grander plan. Um, and that, yeah, so the podcast has been really good for me in that sense that it it's, it's gave, feels like there's another element to, to my career. Martin, that seems like a very good place to just pause right now uh let's uh knit to the toilet and come back for a part two so you need a pee yeah i do <laughs> thanks <laughs> no the thing is yeah is uh, that going to run out I can see it. zoom's going to run out so i'm going to yeah. send you another link right, uh, right. I'll, so, I'll put it i'll put it on me it's fine i need it away it's fine yeah but let's pick up let's pick up exactly where we left off because that's fucking right. brilliant all right, right see you in a minute bye see you in a sec It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Mate, we've missed it. You've missed That's it. That's okay. Don't worry. Look, we're back in with Martin Comston, and we're going straight in with how to cook scrambled eggs. And look, many of you will think that I went off for a wee there. I didn't. It's because I'm recording on Zoom. I don't usually do this, but my friend is here in Las Vegas. I'm joined with Tiana Comston Flynn. Flynn Comston, how are we doing this? Christiana Comston. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm down with it. So we've got to the point. We've cracked the eggs in the bowl. We've put the parmesan in. We've got salt. We've got pepper. We've got possibly maybe a little bit of herbs, a little bit of dried herbs, no problem. Now, you put the knobs of butter. Now, you had a problem with my reference. I didn't know that was a term of measurement. Okay. Let's – so let's – I'm just – do you see this? See that there in the camera? That's that's my thumb and forefinger, and it's just it's a little knob. It's called a knob. That's it's a, <laughs> it is a measurement. It's a knob of butter. It's a cube. It's a little square cube. Put in two of those if it's a weekend, if it's a Saturday or a Sunday. 
get those fizzing, get those bubbling around, but also a little drop of oil, a little drop of olive oil, because you don't want the butter to burn. Then when we're seeing it foam, you get those eggs in straight away and you stir and you fold, you treat it. Be delicate. Don't stir it all around. Be delicate because you want nice folds in the egg. Then at that time, you're toasting your bit of brioche or a bit of toast. Bang, bang, bang. Two, less than two minutes. It's out. Don't overcook it. You want a soft, you want a soft egg. You don't want it well, too bright. I hope the listeners are still tuned in because I've switched off. Look. <laughs> That's because I'm talking to somebody who I first introduced to the joys of mayonnaise back in the early 2000s. So don't even fucking say to me. And mayo? I hadn't tried mayo till May. I just didn't like the texture of it. Like, I like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a simple man. And <laughs> to viewers, did live viewers, do listen, do you not know this, Tate? I didn't know that. I know he didn't try ketchup until he was older as well, but I didn't know about mayo. So. The first film that myself and Martin starred in, uh, it's safe to say it was a meagre budget of of film. And the caterers weren't fantastic. But luckily for myself and Martin, a few of the cast members, there was um, a supermarket at the back of where we were filming. And I took it upon myself to say, do you know what we're going to do? I'm going to go to the supermarket. I'm going to buy a few roast chickens. We're going to slice these bad boys up. We're going to get some baguettes and some salad and some mayo. We're going to have simple roast chicken mayonnaise sandwiches, hot chicken, creamy mayonnaise, crispy lettuce, bish bash bosh. We can get back out on the dance floor and try our best to pull us. (laughs) (laughs) Pretend that we're dancers. Um, Still one of my favourite sandwiches today. Probably. Oh, thank you, man. <laughs> and I made Martin this chicken, lettuce, and mayonnaise sandwich. And he went, I'm not going to do the accent. Yeah, because I don't, you always go, What's <laughs> up? I'll do it. What's up? Right, you, you say, what's, what, what's that? And I'll copy it. What's that? What's that? You didn't do that. You did that. You went, What's that? <laughs> What's that? What's that? <laughs> and and I went, Martin, that's mayonnaise. Went, oh, it's fucking all right. Oh, it's fucking. <laughs> and yeah, that, that was Compton and Parkinson in Stoke-on-Trent, the birth of uh, mayonnaise. Oh, wow. I, one of my abiding memories of that job was that hotel. And um, I remember. Oh, which one? I mean that that first one, the sort of motel thing, and I remember. Oh my god! And I every time I come on, there was there was a load of spiders in the bath, and it was coming apparent there must have been like a nest. And I went to tell the receptionist, she went, "And what? They're only spiders." (laughs) (laughs) I remember I can I can't do this for another two months. Yeah. Uh, No, oh, that, no. That's, that's one of T's. That's T's fear. T, you're not coming to Stoke-on-Trent anytime soon. It's fucking lovely. Oh, no. It's bad. Like, they tried to break into our flat this year in Scotland, and I found, like, three huge ones in the flat, and I had to call my mother-in-law to come up and get it for me. 
Like, yeah, that should be a toldra as well because you can't. I read somewhere it was spider mating season, so they try and get indoors, and I thought that would. In my head, I thought that would calm the situation because no. Would... no. Spiders are territorial, so there's probably only one in this space. Cool. Then I call him scared, and he's like, "Oh, it's mating season." So his homie that he's looking for is there as well. You know, that's what I'm thinking. So now there's two in the Scottish spiders. There's no homies. There's pals. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I have to get back to work. No, Tiana. One one question I want to ask you before you go is the one thing I've never asked when I've talked about when I've talked with actors is mm-hmm. how how is it when the other half goes away and goes around the other side of the world because of work do you I, uh, do you, I know you I know that you travel with Martin but how do you take it on board and deal with it knowing that well this is the life it's it's happening to both of us. So I think because we're both going through it together, we're each other's strength in situations like that. Um, so, you know, no matter the length of time, we always try not to let it be too long. But I know it's for, you know, his career. It's it's what he loves doing. I'm happy to support him in that. I'm I'm able to be here and do what I love to do. Um, but because we're doing it together now, if we weren't on the same page mentally, you know, spiritually, all that, then it would probably not work. But because we we have each other, then we can get through it. It's, you know, it's difficult saying goodbye, no matter how long it's going to be. Two weeks, I always trick myself and think, because mm. I'm so used to him being gone for months. I'm like, oh, my God, he's gone for two weeks. You know, I'm, I'm crying and I'm like, but I'll see you in two weeks. Um, but no, it's, it's, we're, I I think after so many years of dealing with it, we're at the point now that we can handle anything and we've been through everything. So, you know, it just works for us. I think as well, which trying to look into the positive so that keeps it fresh. I'm really excited to go home to see her, like get out and do things that we do stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, and sometimes you kind of do crave, like it would be nice to just be home with the family, but it's sort of exciting getting home you know what i mean it's like you kind of look forward to it. i i feel at times it, it does keep it fresh but yeah do you get tired of me if you quit acting <laughs> no not at all <laughs> i think that's that's another podcast tiana thank you so much so love to see you my friend thank you thank all you right. see you soon see you soon loads of love mate um martin we're gonna we're going to get back to our solo Friday nights now, but I'm being selfish because it's nice to see you and talk to you, but we're going to have to end it soon. But you were talking before we had our break about, you know, the four month, the six month, the eight month, you know, that, that gap in work. And for, for someone who's been doing this as long as you have, is that scary to because people because only only because i know and you know as well that people would look at somebody like you and they would think oh well he doesn't have to worry he doesn't have to worry he's 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 slinging the scripts away but that's not always the case no no also look we we have to be very aware of i mean just the shit show that's happening in, in, in the UK at the minute and 
it's miserable winters for some people and it's um it's quite heartbreaking when like my my football whatsapp which is just me and my pals talking about football all of a sudden energy build chat comes into that that's when you know people are actually really worried so uh, it's, you've got, I've got to be aware of, aware of going not poor me. I'm very fortunate that the job I do when I'm doing it is is now at this stage of my career is well paid and you know and we can afford a comfortable lifestyle. But that can very quickly disappear. That is quite terrifying, you know. It's also, but I was aware at that point it was just the way things worked out that jobs moved. Um, but yeah, I think what we can and it can knock your confidence a bit for sure because I think what was getting me was it wasn't over that few months it wasn't like I was turning down scripts and going ah that just isn't for me just nothing was coming in um and yeah and and then you see as well one of the great things for us at the minute there's so much content the streaming services have changed the game mm. you know like shows all the time so you're a bit like you're going well that's coming out that's coming out oh I'd quite like that I thought I'd be all right in that and then when you go why am I not getting in the room for them that that gets quite nerve wracking, but then it just—I mean, you never know with this this game. Like I, I was—I've just probably finished one of the most enjoyable, definitely the most emotionally challenging job I've ever done in Mayflies, and I was in Budapest. Uh, I was in a field in Budapest after watching the Arctic Monkeys side stage at one in the morning when I got an email through offering me the job, and I remember thinking, "Am I fucking tripping?" <laughs> um, and I was like, what? Just the timing that came through, and my mate was on it, uh, Tony Curran and Tony uh, LA. I phoned Tony, and Tony's like, no, this is happening. We start filming in a week. And I was like, all right, let's go. And all of a sudden, you go from going, I've not worked in the thing, you're going, right now, get your shit together. And that be, I think as well, it can be quite, it's, it's terrifying when you go like, it's that first day of school all the time, meeting new people. You're on set and you're like, am I still any good at this? Um, do I know what I'm doing? Do I, have I connected to this character? And then it was nice because Gordon texted me just going, how's it going? And I went, you know what, mate? I'm really, it's like, I'm really enjoying the podcast, but this is what I'm good at. And I know when I'm on set, this is when I feel at home. This is really mm-hmm. where I come alive, you know? And I think that's, and that has got lost in our job a wee bit that, so there's so much stuff that does come with it. And it is, I mean, I'm, I'm very aware that the last thing people need is another actor with another podcast. But it's just the world is changing and you kind of got to get on board. But I love my craft. I enjoy it. And you enjoy it. And my friends enjoy it. I actually love being on set at three, four in the morning trying to make something come alive. You know, um, that it's in, in terms of my work life, it's where I'm by far is where I'm, where I'm at my happiest. Well, long might continue. Um, mate, it's you should say before we go. You didn't just go to my dead grant. We were saying it because I've made an arse of scrambled eggs this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think the one thing you know, the one thing I would love to do is to have a cookery show. Yes, I mean, how do you not? I mean, bake off and all that kind of thing. Like, look, they're fucking idiots. I'd absolutely rinse it all. I even said to, hey, I'm not even a baker. I said to my girlfriend the other day, do you know what? I'd kill Bake Off. I wouldn't do it, yes. but I'd absolutely smash it. you kill you to know I've been offered it? <laughs> I, I, I can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, Martin Comston, the part two has been an absolute joy. Um, well, 
We'll see you in a few months for part three, yeah? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Love seeing you back. Yeah, love you, mate. Take care. And another episode is done. Always a pleasure. Never a chore, and I mean that most sincerely. Um, Martin Comstant, thank you. Tiana, thank you. But also, thank you. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, Martin helped kick things off for our 100th episode birthday in Manchester a few years ago, and we had the best time together. Sadly, we're not face-to-face this time, but an absolute welcome return, and I'm sure... It won't be long before we get him back on. You guys love him. I love talking to him. He's an absolute hoot. So just to remind you, Restless Natives, get it. Subscribe where you get podcasts. Uh, Mayflies. Mayflies. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Yeah, Mayflies, the new BBC Scotland show, which they're turning around super quick. I believe, I believe that is going to be on... BBC Scotland and the iPlayer before Christmas, as Martin alluded to. It's himself, it's Tony Curran, it's Ashley Jensen, absolute powerhouse of a cast, dealing with some pretty uh, deep and emotional subjects. I think that's going to be an absolute must-watch. We're reminding you of the time when it's on. Not that we promote things here, but look, we do things for our best pals, don't we? Do you know what I mean? Um, What else? I think that's it. Uh, I, myself and Josh Pugh, the brilliant stand-up, we're lining up a time to hopefully record this week. So hopefully Josh will be next week. Um, And yeah, there's going to be another part two coming very soon and a very exciting part one when a certain hero actor of mine is back from Australia. Until then. I've been Craig Parkinson, he's been producer Griff, and this has been the Two Shot Podcast. Take care of yourself. We'll see you next week. Loads of love. The Two Shot Podcast was presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. The remix of our theme tune is by Stolen Valor. Cheers. Cheers.